podcasting from Astrolab Studios. This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, The Omen. Listen. All right, hypothetically, if there was such a thing as an entity, what's its life cycle? What's it feed on? It gains the most power from those who resist the strong. They suffer before they die, like your friend Jim Wilson. They burn up faster when they resist. And it always kills the host. No, not those who desire the power. It's trying to find the perfect vessel, the leader who can create terror on which it feasts. Just open your history book. History is full of monsters. Welcome to a very spooky Halloween edition of Continuum Drag. That was that was that Bella Lugosi? Was that what that was? Yeah, sure. Why not? It was wonderful. That was spot on. This is the podcast that digs up the graves of long dead sci-fi television and tries to reanimate the corpses. Bravo, I, bravo. I'm Dr. Lukenstein here with my faithful, my faithful hunchback, Jorgor. What's spooky, Jordan? Hold on. My name's Jorgor? It's like Igor. Yeah, yeah, I got it. That's the first time I've ever been called Jorgor. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. And, it, you, you were, sorry, you had a PhD. What were you? I was Dr. Lukenstein. Ah, I see that you had, you're educated and I'm just a surf. Yeah. Yeah, mm. that's because you got that hunchback. <laughs> yeah, I do have a hunchback, yeah. So your place in life was decided by your body. Right. Well, them's the breaks, right? That's right. If you can't tell, uh, we're going to do a very special one-off Halloween episode this week. We've watched a failed pilot TV movie for it, for the uh, reboot of The Omen from 95. It's weird because... I don't know if it's, I guess it's a reboot, not a sequel, but there's one funny thing that if you, and you look on IMDb and it has like trivia or whatever, and it's like a sequel to The Exorcist. It's like, no, it's not. Someone just put that. No one's corrected it, but it's not a sequel to The Exorcist. Where was this? On IMDb. Really? Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. I looked into it a little bit and uh, did you know anything about this pilot? Have you heard about this? Ever? No, no, never, never heard of it. Yeah. And, and me it, neither. it, they- uh, I'm, we'll obviously go through each bit of this, but. One, the quality of the episode, and I know we we had you know had to rip it off YouTube sort of thing. It looks like it was shot about fifty years ago. The actual quality that's left of the thing, and just it just seems so much older than nineteen ninety five, doesn't it? I don't think so. No, you I, don't think so. I actually oh, I felt like so. it felt like ninety five. Oh, I thought it felt like eighty two. No, All I right. mean if I'm judging things that happened in ninety five. At, in a scale of Space from Beyond to Tech War, it's in the middle. Oh, no, no. It, it looks worse than Tech War, I think. No. It's just the YouTube quality. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Obviously, I don't think I'd heard of this either. This is clearly buried as deeply in the ground as anyone could put it. I mean, I'm a, I was a fan of the first and second Omen. Uh, I only watched it as an adult, the first one. It's fine. I like them. It's, I like not, horror movies, though. Yeah, they're not really my genre, so I've kind of come late to them in life. I've had some of them shown to me. I don't always kind of get why they're so people really like them, but I know people really like horror stuff. It's not my thing. I, as a kid, when all these came out, I was just I was scared about it all, so I, I didn't want to see anything. Fair enough. You and know? now now you're too jaded for them. Uh, apparently, yeah. I've, I've missed that nice sweet spot in the middle. 
Well, it was originally broadcast on September 8th in 1995, which is, you know, the spookiest day of the year. <laughs> what was the date? September 8th. Yeah, right. Uh, and it was on Fox, actually. So this was going to be a Fox show. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was on NBC. Oh, really? It's on NBC. It starts with an NBC logo. I actually made a note of how old the NBC logo looked in 1995. Oh, interesting, because the Wikipedia says it was a Fox show. There's mm. no clear information online about this I'm, show. I'm pretty sure it's from NBC. We'll have to agree to disagree. I mean, I don't, I'm trusting unreputable internet sources, so you're probably right. I guess before this show came out, because they'd done three feature films... Can I can I jump in real quick? 20th Century Fox was the broadcast was the uh, production company, but the distributor was NBC. We're both right. Oh, interesting. I guess maybe Fox owned the property. Yeah. Anyway, I guess before this TV show was made, they made the three feature films and then made a fourth TV movie, Omen: The Awakening, and I guess that had been received pretty poorly. So the thought process behind this is they were going to reboot the franchise. It was going to be unrelated to the movies, and they were going to try to like turn it into a television series. What was the original plot of the original Omen movie, basically, in like a one line? What is the original plot? It's the, it's the creepy kid, isn't it? Yeah, it's the son of Satan. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. And, but what's the—and and is it Gregory Peck? Who's in the first one? Yeah, Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Great. Wonderful. There's no Gregory Peck in this, so unfortunately. No. Uh, no, what's the plot of the second movie? Uh, Omen movie. The second one is more or less a continuation. He's a little bit older, new omens. People are still trying to like stop him from growing up and killing him, as as my memory tells me. Okay, because the reason I ask that is this didn't seem like an omen movie, did it? Didn't it seem like more I don't know, like a weird possession thing? Oh yeah. That's what's weird. Even number three, which I was trying to remember if I'd seen or not, but I think I have is about grown-up Damon, played by Sam Neill, who's running for the Senate, and he's trying to start a nuclear uh, apocalypse, basically. Does he succeed? He doesn't succeed, oh. sadly. Much like the series, it didn't succeed. Right, right. Um, and I have no idea what The Awakening's about. I didn't, I didn't, haven't seen it. I haven't looked into it. Apparently, it's quite bad, and it was a TV movie. There's um, no way it's worse than this. Well, no. This is crazy how how truly awful this is. In fact, uh, the original Omen director, Richard Donner, is credited as an EP on this, and uh, he's furious about it. Really? Like, he did not want to be associated with it, but right. he's, I guess I'm sure some contract from a million years ago had his name that he needs to be EP on everything. Right. He had to be associated with this. And it's bad. Let's just say right off the bat, this is really bad. It's pretty bizarre. Like, what, what's funny about this, too, is that just coincidentally... Uh, Luke and I both watched this on the same night and I know because I texted Luke right after and I just I just could feel and you you texted me back you know what this is what it's an omen yeah it is it's an omen of how bad this is but it was funny because both of us were immediately like oh what a terrible movie but we both watched it on the same night spooky coincidences mm -hmm. on our Halloween episode <laughs> what else will happen <laughs> all right uh let's let's just get into it here is the summary the Omen. Jack Mann is a writer-reporter from the Associated Press. Annalise Summer is an ER nurse dedicated to help people. Dr. Linus is a doctor who has seen what Jack and Annalise have, an evil entity that seeks to destroy, and has joined them to stop it. 
bracket, the entity possesses people and controls them in the do to, into doing its bidding, and bracket. That IMDb summary was courtesy of Terrence, sorry, Vincent Terrence. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that was a very good summary. Actually. No, it wasn't. You didn't do a great job there, Vincent. Or I, I also did a bad job. Well, you, you as a team. Together. His, his writing, your reading, not Oof. very good. We came together in a real bad way. Still better than the show we just watched. <laughs> All right, so the show opens up on Dr. Linus. He's speeding through these back roads of Salt River, Wyoming. Um, Dr. Linus, played by Willem Sadler. William Sadler. Yeah, I, I like that actor. Yeah, he's good. I he, felt bad for him. You might know him best uh, either from Roswell or perhaps as the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Also in like, he's in Shawshank Redemption and he's in a bunch of stuff. There you go. Yeah. He's arriving at an abandoned missile silo where an old cowboy is leaning against his truck seemingly waiting for him though i was very confused because it turns out the cowboy is just there by chance yeah he's just he's just hanging out he's driving so fast as if he's trying to meet somebody he gets there and the cowboy's like oh hey who are you a lot of random coincidences are the only thing that make this show like sort of propel forward this was a, a good indication right off the bat that this would be a mess of an episode because it, it immediately makes you confused because that that is it sets it up like oh he's racing to meet this guy because there's something there's something they they have to get done right away and it's like oh no there's just a cowboy who's just chilling looking at like a silo that's yeah. what he does and they're like and I, I think there's even some dialogue in it where they're like what are you doing here he's like I just like watching the silo. I was like, what? It was just terrible. Like, why would you ever do that? He like he gets up. He's like, wife's like, what are you doing? Why do you get up so early? You know, I gotta look at the silo in the morning. Like, it didn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, it's not very well executed. I think the the implication is that the silo is very creepy, so we can't help but look at it. Okay, sure, sure, sure. It's like a, it's like a car accident. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Linus is looking for his friend Jim Wilson. He's heard from some locals that he was sick and that he probably came to this missile silo. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I know. It doesn't make any sense. Like, And you know the funny thing is? It's a missile silo and it doesn't it doesn't matter at all that it's a missile silo. No. Like it could, it could mean anything. Like where is he? He's in an apartment. Where is he? He's in a barn. Where is he? He's in a sewer system. It doesn't matter. But it's weird that they chose a missile silo. It could have just been like a fallout shelter. Yeah. It's it is an odd choice. I guess it's just ominous question mark. That's what they had available. Yeah. Anyway, the cowboy has never heard about this Jim character, but he's often wondered what the banging was on the inside of the <laughs> silo. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a lot of watching, not a lot of helping. Not a lot of helping. So the two of them pry open the door to the silo, and inside they find Jim Wilson hanging from a noose, but he's not dead, Jordan. Well, it immediately, doesn't it show like a little spirit coming out of him or something like that? That's right. Um, his eyes are wide open, but uh, I guess the best way I could kind of describe it is if you think about the water creature from the abyss, it's just like this amorphous, like translucent, I don't know, it's cloud. It's like a bad special effect of like a ghost coming out of someone. Yeah. This is, uh, as they'll call it to the episode, the entity. Mm-hmm. Which is, I'm not sure, the omen? I don't know. It's the it, omen, yeah. It's the entity. Uh, it flies out of Jim's mouth. I guess it's been living in him while he was hanging there. And into the cowboy. 
possessing the cowboy and the you get a shot of the cowboy running out to his truck and he drives off and when dr linus comes out he just looks at the cowboy driving off and his car has been badly damaged did you catch that no i didn't know it's i think this is a good time to bring it up because it's kind of the cold open right here with a lot of weird things that aren't explained happening i think what we're looking at is this probably was a full like two-hour movie i think you're right yeah because he has to explain that people told him things in town that's why he's here when we see the cowboy driving away the entity possessed cowboy in the wide you see dr lines's car and the entire front end of his car has been torn off and is smoking Oh, really? I didn't notice that at all. So there was clearly something that happened where you were supposed to see the cowboy destroying the car to prevent him from following. Yeah, I think there are a lot of elements we see throughout this episode that there were was more shot to sort of set up this world, but they've cut it down to 45 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a tight 45 minutes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. It's a 45 minutes that feels like an eternity. I kept checking the time on how much how much longer I had, maybe forty times. Yeah, I would just watch it like, oh, how much longer is this? I I really really dislike this movie. Fair enough. I mean, I knew it was forty five minutes going in, so I, I felt it was a merciful length. I want to have a quick little discussion here about the entity thing and how it works because we just saw it come out of this guy, and they try to lay out a little bit of how it works. But I wanted to see what you got. How do, how does this? evil thing work well let me just say i think the implication first is that what's the guy who's who's hanging there jim 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 what i thought was the implication which is not clear in this is that he's possessed by this entity the omen and the and it wants him you know it, it controls his thoughts and whatever he his actions it has wanted to go to this missile silo to maybe have some sort of destruction set off a missile or whatever he fought it off by hanging himself and, and killing himself but what he didn't realize is the entity was still there so it was still kind of keeping him alive that's what i think is implied and do you think i'm right i think you're right i i would even go as far as saying jim did it there in order to trap the entity oh so, okay because without how, another host how did he lock the doors behind him i don't know it worked though cowboy <laughs> didn't get in that's true the cowboy didn't get in. he somehow was able to hang himself but also lock the door from the outside <laughs> just saying I don't know. I don't know if I buy it in this weird movie about entities and stuff, but no. I think how how it works to answer your original question is it's some sort of entity spirit that enters one body, but seems to be able to almost at will choose to fly between people. But I think they have to have close proximity to one another. Yeah, I'm not sure how long it can live outside of a body. It does seem to want to get from body to body very quickly. Yeah, well, it's much warmer. And if, and if Jim was hanging, why didn't it leave? It obviously couldn't. It obviously couldn't. It was just like, I can't believe I'm just hanging here. Now, in the context of what we are the viewers watching, we see this sort of amorphous blob that's see-through as the entity. Can other people see that? Well, it's funny because in this scene, it seems like uh, uh, Dr. Linus. Dr. Linus. He, I don't know what any of the characters' names are, so I apologize ahead of time. Uh, Dr. Linus, it implies that he can see it because he sort of reacts like, oh, there's a ghost, right? And, and you see it going in. However, later on, and we're going to get to it, it jumps out of a body into a doctor. And it's very clear that that's happening. Like it's like a Ghostbuster scene, but no one sees it. Yeah. So it seems like they kind of well, break the rules. But I, I think what the show is trying to do is that you don't actually see it. I think maybe you're seeing the effects like wind is blowing and stuff. But you don't right. actually see the entity. Well, in that 
when it jumps through, someone even says they feel a cold chill. Right. But no one sees it, I think. I think so. I think you're correct. When it infects you, it seems to give you some sort of fever. Everyone, yeah, it's stupid. I don't know why. Everyone gets sweaty. And uh, I guess... As uh, ex- oh, I feel like I have an entity in me. Oh, I'm hot. Stupid. I guess it's kind of like a, a parasite or something. Yeah. I guess that's what they're trying to imply. It's like a tapeworm. Yeah. And then the other kind of talked about thing in this is it, it feeds on people who resist it. Yeah. They. Yeah. What like did they say? Like, it didn't really make sense. Like, if you fight it... It like it likes that, like it likes a challenge or something. But like, wouldn't it make sense more the opposite if like you're just open to it? Well, that's the idea. I think is if you're a good person and you resist it, it's gonna eat away at you like cancer till you die. But if it finds a host that craves power, it's yeah. gonna like stick around because that's a useful like back and forth. Yeah, I, and I, I don't know if it works. In fact, I think at one point someone even says. Uh, when talking about how it fi- wants to find someone who craves power, it says history is full of monsters. I guess the implication is uh, the entity uh, is Hitler. Yeah, Hitler, entity, Stalin, entity, Chairman Mao, definitely entity, Bill Clinton. Just kidding. Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just throwing in someone, someone modern there for you. Uh, but yeah, Princess uh, Diana, entity. How many times have we made fun of Princess Diana? That's at least the second times, right? Too many. Too many times. <laughs> Poor woman. That entity drove her right into that wall. We're never going to have any of the royal family on the show. I know, and I keep asking. I'm desperate. Desperate! Fergie, come on! But I think that basically sums up the little we figure out about the entity in this show. So I'll just kind of push us forward. So this old cowboy, while he's driving the 35 hours from Wyoming to Boston, we kind of get a few scenes in between. We actually follow Dr. Linus Back to the New England School of Medicine in Cambridge, where yeah. he's he's teaching a class. Oh, it's so dumb. It really like outlines the idea of what the entity is. He's talking about he has his class is about virus and paras- uh, parasites. And he uh tells a story about a very particular fungus. Jordan, yeah. what does that fungus do? It goes into a monkey, yep. and, and the monkey climbs to the top of uh top of a tree, I think it is. And uh, and doesn't it like the monkey's head explode or something? Yeah, that's what it does. Yeah. The virus takes over his brain, tells it to climb up a tree, and then blows up the monkey's head. Yeah. My note was, I want to know more about this monkey because it was more interesting than the show. I, I did want to know more about that. Doesn't he seem like he's a terrible professor, though? Because he's like, he's like giving a lecture in a class. And then he's like, it, basically what they imply is this, what he's witnessed from his friend is so shocking that he just can't focus. He's like, he's talking about parasites and it's just like... My friend had a parasite. Uh, where was I, class? Well, that's he finishes the story about the fungus, and he asks the class, which I guess is the thesis of this show, if you can call it that. Yeah. Is that fungus evil? Of course it's not. No, of course not. I know, it's like, and that's what I thought. I'm like, this is your class? All right, give me an A. No, it's not. Next. What else do you have for me, professor? Stupid. But you're right, he's... While he's giving this lecture, he is having flashes to his friend hanging. He's very distracted. He's thinking about the thing that was inside of him. Yeah. Because you're right. It does seem like he saw something. And he just can't take it anymore. So (laughs) this is the second time we've seen this because this exact thing happened in the Justice League pilot. He just walks out of class. And as he's leaving, he just yells to one of the students, in this case, Bob. Yeah. Bob, take over for me. And there's just a student sitting in class being like, me? Yeah. I have to keep teaching now? There should be like a record scratch there. It's like, 
I feel good. And then it shows all the kids and they're like surfing in class now because there's no teacher, you know? That's a better movie too. It's true. It's very funny. This is exactly what happened in the Justice League TV movie. Did though. it? What one was that? When Adam was teaching his science class and his alar- his like little warning bell went off. Oh yeah, you're right. He walked out and just pointed at a random student and said, you take over the class. Wouldn't it be great if it was the same student? And through all of just cinema history, it's always the same student who's always taking over class. It's always Bob, yeah. Bob, get up here. No matter what the genre, what what the time period, it's always Bob. I didn't know this was a trope, doctor or a <laughs> yeah. doctor teacher storming out and putting a student in charge, but I guess I guess it is. And let me just say, like the whole class just seems like it's written for someone who never has been in a university lecture class before. In this scene and in, in future scenes, they really try to hammer home who these two dimensional characters are, and he, and he's just got a lot of lines like. I'm a scientist. I don't believe in like mumbo jumbo and stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, I get it. He's a scientist, but he clearly does believe in it because he's freaking out the whole time about this little thing. And he shows no indication in anything he does that he doesn't believe in it. So I don't know why we have the dialogue. Ooh, what a tension here. Here, Here's the actual line. Listen, I'm a scientist. I don't believe in the boogeyman. (laughs) All right. I think there was a period in the early mid nineties where people were going back and taking these old horror ideas or like, you know, monster ideas and trying to just like recontextualize them. Not even recontextualize. They were basically trying to staple science to them to like make them a little more. It's like, oh, it could be real. That's why it's so scary. Like as if supernatural wasn't scary anymore. So if you could attack, attach science to it, you could like legitimize it a little. Well, I'm telling you, if there's one thing that makes fantasy uh, more exciting, it's science. And uh, as a great illustration of that, just uh, think about the midi-chlorians in the Star Wars prequels. Well, I, I'm saying this because when I was like 12, 10 to probably 13, and I was kind of getting into this kind of stuff, I really did respond when someone tried to tack science onto oh, it. Oh, really? For me, that was a big plus. So watching this, even though this is unquestionably bad, I was just like, oh, there's a good chance that... A like eleven year old Luke would have been like, "Oh, it's so cool." It is like a parasite, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I was very dumb, still am. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, because we're both watching this piece of crap on our weekend. <laughs> There's a brief scene after he storms out of class where this old man, uh, Darren Rayner, corners Doctor Linus afterward and says, "I loved your lecture." Yeah, I know. He said, "I loved your lecture," and I was like, "It was terrible." And Why would, would you love that lecture? Wouldn't you have noticed a like a arguably eighty five year old man <laughs> sitting in your class, oh, yeah. and he was like front row too. <laughs> he basically is there to tell Doctor Linus that when he went to that silo, he let out this entity. Like this is Doctor Linus has let the entity out. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Darren Rayner, this old man, knows that, but I guess as we'll come to learn, he's a hunter. He's, he's been hunter. hunting this entity. Yeah. It's very funny, though. He's very, very old. Yeah. And doesn't seem particularly physically fit. I can't, I can't. Well, and here's the thing. There's a show in itself there that is not realized, which is simply a monster of the week, you know, show where this guy is going after various spirits and monsters and ghosts or whatever it is. But the guy they cast is just this really old guy. He's he's like a light grandma. I kept thinking that he felt like this is the vampire hunter you'd cast in Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. He just felt like a vaudeville comedian who is now 80 years old the whole time. So uh, he was great, but 
like I didn't totally he, out of out of character for the show. I didn't I didn't think he was bad personally. I didn't think he was bad. I just thought like everything, it was just underutilized. It was like they had to jam in this like, oh, he's a guy who's been searching for this for years. Of course he is. But then they cast this like old kind of guy who just looked like he was like, really? What do I gotta say? Yeah, he was into it. I just felt like he was. It just seemed weird. He seemed out of the show. Oh, can we talk real quick? I don't know if it's right now, but there's a scene where a woman gets hit by a car. Yeah, and, and that's that coming up. It's the best scene in the entire episode. Right. This is literally what I'm going to get into right now. The old cowboy who's driven all the way across the country to Boston. You see him driving in and you're like, oh, what's the entity going to do? And out of nowhere, he just runs a woman over. Yeah. I assumed he's just better at riding a horse than he is driving a car. Did the entity drive 35 hours to Boston just to hit that woman? Yeah. And here's what's weird about it. The answer is yes, evidently. So and again, this might be come down to your your edit the, your comment about the editing issue, and maybe there's more to it. But what it seems like is, yes, he drove hours and hours to drive into the city, hit this woman, and then she's like, oh, she's on the ground, and she's First injured. woman he saw. First woman. And then an ambulance shows up. Yeah. And, and he's the ambulance driver. I was, no, oh, he's not. Is yes, he? he is. Yes, he is. That's what's so weird about it. I was like, hold on. He hit them, and then he's he has dressed up like an ambulance driver because then they nod to each other. He's the he's it's the cowboy again. Uh, well, I mean that explains some of my confusion, but not much of it. I don't understand why. So like he hit the woman, pulled around the corner, changed outfits, got into an ambulance, and then showed up to rescue her so that he could go back into her body. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Well, that's why I didn't understand because he hits the woman, an ambulance shows up, the EMTs put her in the ambulance driver to some bad area of town where they get out and then one of them opens their mouth and the entity comes out but i guess if that was the cowboy that makes yeah. sense because i was like how did the entity go from yeah it's the cowboy but but oh how did he, well, how did he now become an ambulance tri- it, it almost as if like there's scenes missing because it's like a weird magic trick or something that he's suddenly in a different it, it like all they needed to have is one scene where it showed him hitting someone and then the person, you know, you just hit a woman and then it goes into that person and that person goes to someone else. And now it's an ambulance driver sort of thing. But they don't have any of that that chain reaction at all. OK. Hits woman, gets out of car, gets into ambulance. There's another driver who I guess they imply also has the entity in it. I don't know. Or, or, or he's, he's, just, a, he's just he's real into. He's a collaborator. Yeah. They go back, pick her up, put the entity into her. Why? Because. Oh my god. Oh no, you know what? Here's it's it's a they have to get to this endpoint, so none of it makes sense to get there, but basically it's because they want to get into the hospital. But like you're you're already an ambulance driver. You can get to the hospital that way. You're Why'd al- you have to put it into the body? Eh, just because. You're already an old man. Just go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess you explained it cuz the ambulance then takes this new entity host, this woman to the hospital where <laughs> she she gets there, everyone in the hospital's like, oh, this is Annalise's sister. We got to call her. I know. It's so weird. Who's kind of one of our main characters. And she comes down and she's a nurse there and she's trying to help her sister there on the ER. And she dies on the table and the entity exits her sister and enters Annalise. And now Annalise, I guess, has the entity. Yeah. She's mostly in a coma for the show. But wouldn't it have been funnier if... <laughs> If uh, every time it was the episode was just the cowboy in different outfits dressed up, just trying to get the entity different places, 
He's like, now he's a lawyer. Now he's a policeman. Now he's something else. He's just him just switching outfits constantly. That'd be all right with this old old man hunter yeah, chasing hunter, him. Yeah. It's yeah, a very it's a, fun, very fun premise. A very weird show. Anyway, with her in the hospital, Dr. Linus comes down because I guess he's an expert on transmitted diseases. It, it makes no sense why they would get this professor to come other than he, we've already established him as a character. So we need him in scenes. There's no it, reason for him to be there. It's, re- it's really tough to understand how word got out so fast because when she dies, like there's a big gust of wind and the entity comes out and everyone in the hospital is knocked down because it's so powerful. It's but the no, Ghostbuster scene. Yeah. It looks like a scene from Ghostbusters. Nobody knows what happened. So he's there. They do an autopsy on the dead woman. They're like, her nervous system was struck by lightning, it seems like. like. That's what it looks like, I guess, And during the autopsy. But the hospital, for some reason, covers it up. And Dr. Linus isn't sure why. Well, they explain it later, but it doesn't make sense for yeah. a long time. Because there's no indication that there's any there's any like infectious disease or anything. It's just she's sweaty and then she's dead. Well, that's not entirely true. Uh, when the hospital covers it up, they give a press conference where they explain what happened. Which is crazy that they have to give a press conference, like why this has within five minutes rumor has spread so much. But they explain what happened as the dead woman had an unusual chemical reaction in her blood that created a nerve gas. Is that what they said? That was the cover story. (laughs) The the guy, the guy who's doing like the marketing spin, really nailed it that day. Crazy cover story, but of course. Dr. Linus is on to them because he's done his own tests and he knows the truth. He knows that her nervous system was damaged by terror. (laughs) That's the worst. That's the worst when that That, happens. That was the result of his tests. We're going to introduce who I guess is actually the lead of the show, though has no reason to be right now. And in... Probably the craziest Jake Cardigan fashion. I was going to say, he's got the Jake Cardigan, uh, what are we calling it? The Jake Cardigan effect? Yeah. TM. He has that Jake Cardigan effect because he is a photojournalist by the name of... It's like Johnny Mann or something, wasn't it? Jack Mann. Yeah, he's, he's a man. And they always refer to him by his full name. I think the first scene you really get to know, it's him in the newsroom, right? With that woman? With the with his like editor, sure. whoever it is? Um, I did not make an ounce of sense. It, it has, of this show that already has really bad dialogue, it just, with a sledgehammer, just nails in who he is. There's just a lot of like, that's why you don't have any friends. You're a loner. And he's like, yeah, I go my own way. And I do it this. And it's just, they just tell you everything you need to know about this guy. And none of it's interesting. And it, from a character, the other woman who's uh, his editor, I assume, who's just there to mention all the things that the viewer needs to know about this cool guy who basically is reporter who at one point in his life uh, was very well-regarded and well-respected and now has gone a little bit Fox Mulder and uh, is kind of chasing kind of weird paranormal stuff. And then later on we find out kind of why, but the implication being that he's sort of losing the respect of his peers. Although I don't know why the editor's just like, can you not do those stories? I don't think that's how it works in newspapers. You can't just like keep doing your own thing and stay employed. No. Well, I, the implication he is, isn't employed. I guess at some point, well, it's teased out a bit, but it doesn't really matter. The entity killed his pregnant wife. Yeah. So that's his problem. When he's in this newsroom, what you see is he's got all these photos he's developing. Yeah, because he's also a photographer. And in it are photos of Dr. Linus leaving the silo. So the implication is he was there. Oh, is that is that what? 
Yeah, there's photos of him and the cowboy going or leaving the the silo. So what I liked were the photos of the cowboy and Dr. Linus holding hands and going to the motel and then the motel door closing and then you see them removing each other's clothing. (laughs) You wish this guy was a private eye. Yeah, it'd be a way better show. So he has photos. We don't know from where. And he needs to leave to go. I don't even understand where he's leaving when he leaves the newsroom. He's like, I have to go. There's something I have to do. And the next time we see him, he's arriving in Boston. And he just he just knows that this infectious whatever story that, that the hospital put out like five minutes ago. He's there. Yeah, this is barely happened five minutes ago. But now he's in Boston. He's trying to hook up with this Annalise to find out what's happening. I have no idea how he found out. He's uh, confronted by a PR person, the public relations person from the hospital. And I like I wish this guy was played by Rick Moranis. Wouldn't that have been better? That'd be pretty good. This public relations guy, Carl Carl Reichman, kind of gives him the story about whatever happened, the the talking points, um, and sort of is like, nothing to see here, you can move on. But what we kind of get is he's like a, such a weirdo, like he's such a strange, yeah. strange little like man. You know, you know right away that there's something something off with this guy. Like they, They're not subtle about it at all. It's just like, He's like a weird looking dude who's acting weird. You're like, okay, well, something's clearly up there. Yeah. Well, he actually, as soon as he walks away, he walks past a corpse and looks at its toe tag just to drive home. He's he's a weirdo. He's a real weirdo. This is how Jackman kind of ends up meeting this old man Hunter. Because after talking to the PR guy, he tries to get into see Annalise, which is why he's there to find out if the entity has her. He can't get past the nurse. Can I, can I mention? Yeah. The, the nurse is the only person that's not white in this TV show, and they make her real sassy. I'm just saying. It's true. It's like, there's it's all white people, and there's one black lady, and she's like, you ain't getting in here? It's like, oh, God, man. Anyway. Well, his attempt to get in was very bad. Oh, yeah. It's really bad. He's the worst. He's the, like, for somebody who's supposed to be this, like, hotshot reporter, he's real bad at it. Well, this is the hospital she works at, and he walks up, he's like, hi, I'm her brother, and they're like, he does she works here. She doesn't have a brother. And he's like, okay, then. <laughs> As you were. He, in the lobby, meets the old man, Hunter, where the two of them have a conversation where I guess this is destiny. And Jack Mann is supposed to take over the Hunter position. Yeah, he's like he's like the new Zorro or something. They're like, please, you have to take the mask. Yeah, it's, it's weird. But it's like, why? Why he's there and why does he know? There's a whole, It's again, it's the editing issue you mentioned. There's a whole lot of information that's implied or sort of is expected for the viewer to piece together on their own, but they don't create any threads that help you. It's so strange. It feels like so much was cut out or something. Something must have happened along the way. Well, it's, it's just also, I think, as a terrible script executed poorly. Fair enough. The old man is trying to recruit Jackman to help him. He wants to kidnap Annalise from the hospital and sink her in the ocean is his plan. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. I guess, isolate the entity at the bottom of the ocean. Jackman doesn't say no. Let's <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like that. You, someone gives you this outlandish idea. You go, all right, I'm listening. I'm listening. But he doesn't exactly go along with it either. So old man Hunter goes to the same nurse and pulls the same trick. And it works. And it works. But here's my point. They're, they're like, he's like, I'm, uh, what's her name? I'm Annalise's grandpa. I'm, 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 the, I'm the grandpa. And they go, we need to see some ID. And he goes, no problem. And he gives them ID and they go, checks out. 
And my thought was either, did he make, did he go and get a laminated ID somewhere that says he has the same like last name? Or did they just go, well, he's an old man and I know their names don't match up and the story doesn't match up, but old old people don't lie. Old people don't lie. It's yeah. true. And it, it couldn't be her actual grandpa because his whole family was killed by the entity. So there's no family relation. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it, it works. So what we've learned is, you know, try, try again. Five seconds later, try the same thing. Yeah. It'd be funny if they just cut to the nurse and then someone else unrelated just comes up and like, hey, I'm her cousin. And they're like, oh, and it's just the nurse eye rolling. And that's that's her whole life. It's just people pretending to be this other nurse's uh, family. That's funny. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's a whole show. Yeah. That's again, better than this. The old man hunter goes in. He's kind of standing over Annalise. And I, I didn't know what his plan was. He's so old and feeble. He wasn't going to carry her out of there. Yeah. But the entity wakes up and kind of yells at him for a second. <laughs> it does, yeah. In a He's weird, like, ah, stop it, I'm the entity. A weird demon voice. And then our creepy friend from PR comes in and like smashes the old man in the back of the head. Yeah. And then kind of like calls the nurse and was like, Oh, this old man fell down. We need to uh, we need to put we need to bring him to the hospital. Although I don't know. Here's what he actually said to the nurse when he called her in to mm. like help him. He said this old man got hurt. We need to bring him into the hospital and that he'll admit him later into the hospital. Like he'll sign the admission forms. He's not a doctor. He's he works in public relations at this hospital. He why would he be admitting anybody? I think you're right, and I also think in this show that's the least of their problems. Yeah, is is the is the technical uh, uh, bureaucracy and, and workings of uh, of this hospital? It's just they bring it up so weird. It's like I know something about a hospital, but not enough. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I, yeah, it's it's just such a strange. I mean, unless was he always a doctor, and they cut that subplot out? I also have a little note that I made to myself, and it's. There's something about this hospital that's really boring to look at. <laughs> I don't know why, but it was. It was just like yeah, it was the hospital. It was just eh, yeah. It's so confusing because the next scene we cut to after the old man's been stopped by the PR guy, who I guess is another henchman of the entity. Like yeah, the he's sort of guy? like yeah, was he the ambulance guy? He's he's the uh, he's the key master to uh, Sigourney Weaver, Weaver's uh, Zool or whatever. I guess, but he has no entity in him. Yeah, I know. He's no. He's just. He's just. He's just helping out. He's just helping out. Where did he? Where did the entity get all these recruits from? He was trapped in a silo. Yeah. Again, you could infer that it's been around for a long time. It has like its own sort of religious followers of right. towards it. I, again, they don't. They don't tell you that. But as a viewer, I guess you have to piece that together. Right. Anyway, they cut away from that scene, and now Jack has got past the nurse. He's goes into Annalise's room. She's no longer there. Like there's like a scene missing. Yeah. He gets in somehow. He gets in somehow. She's no longer in the room she was just mm-hmm. in. And he kind of ends up tracking her through the hallways and when he finds her, she's kind of lucid. The entity doesn't have full control and she's like kind of asking for his help. Mm-hmm. But the entity reemerges and like yells at him a bit about his pregnant wife. Classic classic evil. Yeah, so <laughs> one this entity's got a real long memory yeah like it remembers everything it's done everybody and, and, is killed and what's weird about this is the entity uh, what what you find all these characters have connected is that they all have had a history with the entity but i don't i just don't know if it really adds up i'm, I'm sorry it doesn't add up like it's just it's 
so coincidental in a weird way that all these people are connected connected and it just it, it's just so flimsy and the show doesn't even try to make it work better it's just like oh yeah well it couldn't even just mean that his family died and that changed his perspective on things it's like oh no that was the entity like what about that other thing yeah that was the entity too i was like okay sure i guess that's why you would assume this is a tv spinoff of the exorcist because the entity is a little more like a demon from the exorcist oh it it works way more it like talks, the exorcist than it does the omen yeah it talks through people's voices and like yeah. knows everything about them so I, guess, I think the person who wrote the script was like yeah, yeah yeah i get horror movies and then just like did stuff he just rented all the exorcists and not the omen <laughs> yeah he yeah, just made a mistake oops so okay. yeah, close enough whatever yeah yeah jumps from body to body i get it i got a deadline <laughs> so jack man confronts annalise the entity takes back over she runs off to the hospital, Entity slash Annalise, and gets into the basement's secret military research station. Now, this was this was mid-90s, wasn't it? This, this was a real turn. Of course, it's like, what, you, what we find is that the reason the hospital was being weird about it was because, for some reason, the military is using that hospital to create biological weapons and they're storing them there because it's a great government conspiracy why yeah because yeah it's all just a cover-up to keep people from knowing that they do biological warfare in the basement of a hospital yeah it's stupid and what have they created in the basement of the hospital oh i i don't i know it's something what is it necrotizing fasciitis oh yeah it's like a um it's flesh eating disease. disease yeah it's yeah, a yeah. it's a mutation of it and there is no cure yeah and uh it's Which you, you assume there wouldn't be it's odd because they talk about it as if they created it but they also talk about it like oh we're really sorry we created it and now we're just keeping it here and they literally say because we have to keep it out of the hands of north korea yeah that, yeah, that was weird right it was post-cold war north korea is the bad guy now and uh, i should i should mention and you're gonna see it more after but the what the, the fleshing disease or the bacteria or whatever it is is kept in a container that looks exactly like a ninja turtle like canister oh the secret of the ooze yeah yeah the exact same one it is it is in this container and when you pull that out there's then a little vial of like glowing yellow flesh-eating disease yeah. i guess sure annalise slash the entity is there basically to steal a vial of this super flesh-eating disease i guess that was the plan all along was it was going to jump bodies and break in and steal yeah. this thing so that's that's what we've gotten to this point is what we mentioned earlier apparently the plan of this thing was i'm gonna get in the body of the guy who's hanging in the silo because i know the cowboy is gonna come get into the cowboy he's gonna drive to a different state hit a woman she's gonna be knocked onto the ground he's gonna then jump into an ambulance save her, take her to a weird warehouse, have it go into someone else, then get into the hospital. The hospital's going to jump into the doctor, and then the doctor is going to somehow release this flesh-eating bacteria that's going to be ravaged upon the world. That's its plan. Great plan. Like, th there's no holes there. That That's a that's a solve, but there's no other shortcuts you could take. I love I love that we're this far in, and you're still pretty confused on the details. But that's isn't that right? No, you're right. You're right. I'm not confused. It's irritating, is what it is. <laughs> Alarms go off, and obviously they know she's in there taking the virus or the bacteria. So the military 
recruits Jackman and Doctor Linus to help. I know why. I, I, it just, it's again, it's like, well, we've already had, we already, we already hired these actors, so they gotta do something. They, um, guy actually comes up, is like, hey, are you Doctor Linus or Hugh Jackman? Come with us. I'm like, why? <laughs> I know. It's, it's, there's so many scenes like this where they just, it's, it's almost to the point where you think they would just have characters standing there and they just overdub dialogue on just to save things it's almost that bad that things are nonsensical and they just try to save it with dialogue and when they come down they don't really two guys don't really do anything like the military has her cornered and she only gets out of the quarantine when the creepy pr guy takes an axe and smashes the generator yeah to the hospital which causes a blackout so annalise is able to like make a run for it out of the quarantine. But as she runs, the military like guns her down because mm-hmm. why wouldn't they? She's stealing flesh and disease. Yeah. Except before anyone can get to her body, uh, our creepy PR guy gets there first and steals the vial from her. And now... Oh, by the way, we're coming up to it. I love his plan. It's, a, it's so weird. I know. He takes the vial and I <laughs> assume, all right, well, he's got it. Yeah. That's the last we'll see of him. And... Dr. Linus and Jackman grab Annalise, who's not dead. They they take her upstairs and try to save her life because she's been shot, but they seem more concerned about the entity inside of her. Like, she's just been shot. That's so confusing. They put her in a hospital bed, and Dr. Linus just starts, like, yelling at her <laughs> yeah. to, or the entity, I guess, to get out of her body. Mm-hmm. And he just seems to, like do it enough and annoy it enough that it does it just exits her body and smashes through a window to the creepy pr guy who's just standing there watching yeah i i, I was just like I they just they need it to jump into another body and so it's like well, this is the way they do it so yeah they're just like okay now this guy's standing here for some reason even though he's carrying the flesh eating bacteria he should want to leave yeah anyway i guess that gets our entity into the bad guy of the show or the episode anyway once the entity has exited her, she now has a supernatural ability. Well, there's some sort of residual effects of having it in her in that she she says, I can see through his eyes. So this other guy who now has the entity is running around and she somehow has this ability to see what he sees, which, okay, but they haven't. The only reason they have that is it's a plot point so they can find him, even though they don't find him that way. So it's a weird, it's just a weird addition to the script that doesn't mean anything. And also we've never seen it before. So it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's the premise is once the creepy PR guy has the fleshing disease and the entity, he books out of the hospital. They've lost track of him. The alarms are going off because now they know the fleshing disease is missing. Like they didn't get it back. And he's run off into a parade and Annalise tells Jackman and Dr. Linus, there are so many green creatures. Yeah. That's what she sees through his eyes. It's, yeah. She clearly is not seeing very clearly through his eyes. Well, he, he might have lost his glasses. I guess so. Like, it's just green creatures. But what she's referring to is it is St. Patrick's Day yeah. in Boston, and he's run into the St. Patty's Day parade. But they, they know what, he, what she means immediately. Immediately, she's like, "There's a lot of green people." And they're like, oh, "St. Patrick's Day Parade." <laughs> it was just sure. like, "What? What? How did like th- these guys should go on one of those like uh, million dollar pyramid or one of these game shows? Like, they're great. They're great at taking no information and and winning with it." 
It's true. Also, if you were going to launch a pilot for your new horror television series, the holiday you'd choose to feature would be St. Patrick's Day, right? I would, yeah. It's a the spookiest <laughs> yeah. of yeah. the of the public holidays. Yeah. This Easter. <laughs> very uh very strange choice. We kind of watch the evil PR guy as he runs into the crowd now. He grabs the most grotesque leprechaun mask I've ever seen. Yeah. And puts it on, I guess, to disguise himself. Mm-hmm. And then walks onto a passing parade float. Oh, I love it. This is my second favorite thing after the woman getting hit by a car. This is my second favorite thing in the show. Now, he looks horrible in this mask. Look, it, it's leprechaun from the leprechaun movies yeah. looks less disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like he looks grotesque in his mask and on it, there's like a eight or nine year old girl. She's throwing candy out of a buck to the crowd and this creepy man in a creepy mask gets on and holds up a glowing yellow vial. Mm -hmm. And he says to her, he's like, do you mind if I pour this on your candy? And she's into it. (laughs) I know. She's like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's fine. Yeah. She's super into the idea of pouring this vial, this stranger. Can I just mention that? But that's not how biological warfare works. Like, you don't that's that's like a poison you're adding a poison and also let's say this is how it works and he puts a little bit of poison on some candy you're affecting you're affecting very few people there's much much uh more effective ways you could be poisoning people with this clearly very uh very violent and very powerful um vial he has he's like i'm just gonna pour it on some candy yeah, you pour it on candy at a parade and it just gets tossed out to the crowd yeah and I, but I do like the little girl's like, yeah, she she never stops and she never learned the lesson of don't take candy from strangers and that sort of thing. She's like, well, you know, what? she did learn that lesson. What she didn't learn was don't let strangers put poison on the candy. Yeah. She's not going to eat any of it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But before he can actually go through with pouring the uh, bacteria on the candy, another person in the exact same leprechaun mask jumps on the float and stabs him in the chest I know. it doesn't it doesn't make any sense this is such a bad tv show what we come to learn is the mask get ripped off and it's the old man hunter who also put on the same halloween mask yeah the two of them have a like a a weak struggle on the float before he he drops the vial it lands on the floor of the float and the two of them fall off the side of the float. I think there must have been a scene where they both were wearing a mask for some reason. Like there was a thing where you didn't know who was who or what. I think there must have been something because it makes no sense. Yeah, it, it, it's a very short struggle. They both fall off the like arguably two foot fall. This is how old this man is. It's maybe a two foot fall off this float that's barely moving. It does it. Does it. Kills him yeah. immediately. He's so old that this fall, and I believe that. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that man is so old. Falling that far would kill him. Yeah. He dies. Creepy PR guy stabbed in the chest runs off. Dr. Linus and Jackman arrive just in time to see the vial rolling to the edge mm-hmm. of the uh, float. And in a particularly bad piece of slow motion (laughs) jackman runs up behind the float and dives and just barely catches it before it smashes on the ground he saves the day for this stuff that apparently is so not effective that you could just he could have just let it hit the ground because it just would have just sat on the ground like apparently just you can just pour it on candy and stuff so it's just like the lamest way to start a show like everything's wrapped up they save the day well, well let me jump in but 
when before uh, the hunter dies, he tells both those two guys, like, you're you're combined. You guys are both going to be the new hunter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They both get to be the new hunter. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Whoop-de-doo. Let me say, this show is obviously not good. I mean, oh, it's it's we it's don't have bad. to tell you that it got buried for a reason. How much better would this pilot have been if they released a flashback eating bacteria? That's the first episode is yeah. that we that sets us up. We know how dangerous this is. If mm-hmm. Boston just 90 percent of it just died from a horrible flushing disease. I was like, you should have just gone through with it. Yeah, the stakes would have been so much higher. Like, oh, man, this is a. This is a very powerful entity that they they're, have the deck stacked against them. Like Even with all the other awful ideas, if you had at least let the plan go through and killed all those people, I at least would have been into this show. I would yeah. have been like, that was cool. But yeah. it's instead we get like the weakest hero moment of slow motion dive to catch the glowing yellow vial before well, yeah, anything because, happens. Because it's not a baseball movie and he's not making the final catch in well, the ninth inning. That's yeah. what he is. He's that's yeah. what it looks like. Oh God. Anyway, after this, Jackman chases down creepy PR guy slash the entity into the subway. They have a fight where Jackman throws him onto the third rail yeah. and then he's hit by the subway. And what I like about that though is no one responds to it. As someone gets thrown onto the subway tracks and gets run over, and everyone just Keeps going about their business. Everyone, everyone just like, it's just like a normal day, normal commute. Like, oh, yeah, that guy's on the tracks. Oh, well, I got, hey, I got a nine o'clock meeting, so this is not slowing me down. Well, if you think about it, someone was stabbed in the chest on a float in the middle of the parade. Keep doing the parade. No one stops the parade. Yeah, classic Boston. Of course, I don't know what Jackman's plan here is when he throws him onto the tracks. Because as soon as he's dead, the entity just enters someone else. And now yeah. Jackman's like, oh, I don't know who it is now. Well, he never learned a lesson. There's a reason why the old uh, old man wanted to have the entity at the bottom of the ocean. Because all it could possess is fish. Yeah. Great plan. Much yeah. better plan than this. Is that evil sea turtle? Ooh, spooky. Better show. My new Halloween costume, evil sea turtle. <laughs> and... That basically brings us to the end of the episode. The entities found some randos getting off the subway. Mm-hmm. He possesses him. We see Jackman, Dr. Linus, and Annalise, all three of them leaving the hospital because she's recovered from her bullet injury. And now they're a team for some reason. Yeah, and they're like, let's join forces. We're the only people who believe each other. Let's hunt the entity together. Because that's the team you want. You got a doctor, a professor, and a reporter. Ooh, what a team what a team but they're sort of talking about which is another thing the show is keeps doing is as they're leaving they're like yeah did you hear about where the entity was i guess when he escaped us he rode that rando to chicago where this new possessed guy burst into flames in a (laughs) restaurant and i'm like show me that i know (laughs) show me a man bursting into flames in a restaurant that is such a a cool visual. You know what, though? They don't want to waste it all in the first episode. They already did show you an old guy falling two feet. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't want me to be excited yeah. about this show. Yeah, they just describe what is the best scene, would have been the best scene of the show, and never cut to it. And they all kind of like put their hands in a circle and were like, go team. Yeah. And then the camera pushes behind them and floats up and a very creepy, ominous man steps out right into camera. And who, do you know who that is? It's Colm Keith yeah. Rennie. Yeah. Canada's best actor? Maybe. <laughs> well, he's, I'm not going to say anything against him, positive, he's fine. But here's how you know it's filmed in Canada. Callum Keith Rennie's in it. 
It's just like he's if anything gets filmed in Canada, he's gonna show up at some point. And uh, I actually like him. I like him as an actor. So yeah, I was a, very he's a, excited. He's, he's a good actor. It's just one of those funny things being a Canadian. If you see him, you go, oh well, this was filmed in Vancouver, yeah, or Toronto. Yeah. Great reveal for me. For yeah. Canadians, what a reveal yeah. at the end. It might have been my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. yeah. I there's it's this is just one of one of these pilots that went so badly that it's amazing it aired anywhere and that I'm sure everyone involved just would rather forget. I'm sure they have forgotten. I'm sure William Sadler has no idea this ever happened. Right. All right. Quick question, Jordan. What would have a typical episode of the show have been? Well, I, I seem to say this almost every time you ask, but it just feels like a lot of these things are like monster of the week. That's what it feels like. And it feels like a crappy team that has their crappy skills going around every week and they're trying to track either the entity or something else similar to that. But I think my hope is every episode is the entity jumping from body to body in more and more ridiculous ways in that they're just never a direct line that would make sense. You know? All right. Here's my pitch for you. It's going to be better. It's touched by a demon. <laughs> oh, okay. Every episode, the entity jumps to someone and teaches them the, a bad lesson that improves their life. Oh, that's nice. So it teaches them, like, if you stab that man in the black at work, you get the promotion. And, like, their life is better. They learned the wrong mm. lesson. But the demon helped them. Yeah, I, I like that. Touched by a demon. Yeah, touched by a demon. Touched by an omen. Hmm. That would be a good show. Also sounds like maybe an inappropriate show. Well, touched by an angel. That's not my fault. They named yeah, it that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that was the joke on the, at the time when that show came out, wasn't yeah, it? Like, oh, yeah, the angels by molest an angel. people. <laughs> that, was, that was the big joke. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> we don't have to keep that in. I liked it. It was great. All right, Jordan. You want to rank this? Yep. Out of 10? Two. And let me just say, the only reason I give it a two is because I think I gave Justice League a one, and this was a a little bit better than Justice League. Yeah, this is better than Justice League. Not by a lot, but a bit. Um, A three. I don't know why. I think it's not... You know why. It's It's a terrible show. But it's watchable for like 45 minutes. Oh, I I barely. I started just looking at cracks in the wall, something more interesting. All right. I, I mean, I think we both agree. No one should ever watch this show. Yeah, don't don't watch it. Thank you for tuning into this Halloween episode. A very um, spooky episode. Yeah, I think it was a mistake overall, but we did it. <laughs> we shouldn't have had a special horror-themed episode because this show is terrible. We'll be getting back to Space Bum Beyond next week. In the meantime, though, you can email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at continuumdrag. And uh, until next time, We'll uh, be here keeping the podcast warm for you. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's a fun sign-off, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I always run out of steam. Yeah, we'll be digging up graves or something. Oh, right. It's a spooky episode. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, something like that. All right. Well, see you next week. Bye. Continuum Drag is recorded at Astrolab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rexiedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, and Dwayne Wright.